right. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. So today, special episode, new guest. Phil's still away. It's just me right now. But uh, we're here with Ken, who's a mortgage specialist and real estate investor and uh, has a bunch of things on the go, like a crap load of things. Uh, so it's pretty exciting to have you on. Thanks for coming. Thank you for inviting uh, so we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, sort of your background, you know, how you ended up in this position, because I know, you know, it, it wasn't a straightforward plan. I don't think it ever is for anybody, but uh, how you ended up here, you know, kind of like what your what your outlook is on uh, what's what's happening right now, what you're seeing. Uh, and uh, maybe at the end, we'll talk about some, some exciting plans that you that you've been uh, working on. That's amazing. Yeah, we'll do. So, uh, yeah. Anything on your end? I mean, uh, I know this is like. First podcast? Uh, yeah, this is my first podcast. Never been on a podcast before, so it's uh, <laughs> kind of exciting. And uh, um, the lights aren't bothering. Yeah, you. the lights are. I feel, I feel hot in here. Oh yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm starting. It to gets sweat. really hot. Oh yeah, yeah I'm starting to sweat in here. <laughs> I should have warned you. Yes, I should have uh, brought a t-shirt like yours. You know. Yeah, I know. Nice uh, yeah. Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> exactly, a casual. I mean, I I probably failed to mention to Ken that this is uh, also on video. I think you were expecting maybe just the uh, audio. That's right. I that's thought okay. it was just audio. I put you, I put you, I put <laughs> so you I have spot. a hoodie that's uh, ready for the uh, outside weather. <laughs> yeah, and it's, this is like a really hot room. I'm yeah. usually pretty sweaty. So yeah. um, anyways, next time. it'll next be, time it'll be quick. Yeah, next time, you know, this practice run, it's that's all right. good. But uh, today we're going to learn a little bit more about you. Um, so really, how did you end up in real estate? I mean, how do, you know, everybody kind of hears about it when, when, when you're younger and you probably had circles or family or whoever was talking about it. But how did you get to become a real estate investor? Uh, out of the blue, actually. Um, so I, I actually, st- my career prior to me being a mortgage specialist, I was actually uh, working for the uh, automotive industry as a sales rep for about five, six years. And then I s- transitioned over to as a financial services manager role. Um, essentially, I'm the guy that who submits your credit application uh, when you decide to make a car purchase or when you make a car purchase. Um, ju- just prior to COVID, um, I really wanted to have more control with my own time. And with a newborn at that time, I felt like this was a great time to make that transition to jump into a different field because I've already been in the auto industry for about 10 years um, uh, at that point. And uh, I was searching around, asked around a few friends, see what makes sense. And uh, a lot of them said, because of my experience with uh, as a financial services manager, they said, why don't you try becoming a mortgage specialist? So, uh, um, and then I, so I did some research. I'm like, ah, I got my, I can manage my own time, uh, essentially control my destiny and how hard I work and how much money I make, which is exactly what uh, I've been accustomed to in the automotive industry. And uh, that's how I decided to get, get into this. And from there, I've, I've met new friends uh, in terms of investment. Um, I partnered up with my brother, who's also a, a real estate uh, agent, I partnered up with them first, buying a few um, condos, uh, investments, uh, and then we branched out to buying pre-constructions, uh, and then I met the team at Elevate, which uh, really opened my eyes on the uh, rental market and the investment side of buying uh, single-family f- uh, dwelling homes and converting them into multi-dwelling, and that also brought me to my last phase of uh, investment, which is the uh, the laneway uh, suite, so we can talk about that. Yeah, so it was kind of a progression, I guess. You started in, you know, y- your first job kind of led you here slowly when you when you wanted to manage your time a little bit more, and then 
you started investing, you said, in pre-cons and condos? That's right, yeah. So I, I first bought was a pre-con uh, for condominium. So we bought condominiums, rented out, uh, just to get my feet wet, because mm -hmm. um, those typically have the uh, lowest risk um, when you're looking to buy investment property. Just if you're buying a multi-million dollar, a multi-dwelling property, there's a huge risk, a lot of financial uh, investment that's required. Condominiums are a lot much smaller investment a lot easier to maintain. Uh, but from there, we branched off to buying pre-constructions and start closing all the pre-constructions, selling those after uh, to the uh, multi-family uh, 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 dwelling properties. So the, the pre-cons, when did that start roughly? What, what year? I would say 2018. Okay. Yeah, 2018. 18, yeah. okay. So you still have a couple of those in the works? I do, yeah. So, so I'm hoping to get rid of them soon. <laughs> <laughs> and just transfer all of that to now, you know, multi-family homes That's and... Right. Laneway House builds, which That's is hundred percent. Right. So I'm I'm trying to convert my whole entire portfolio straight to uh, all multi dwellings and uh, construction on the laneways. Yeah, I I think that's you know your, your story kind of lines up with a how a lot of people enter the real estate world is through condos. Mm -hmm. Reason being is uh, the entry level is just much much lower that's and right. and like how you said you know like what you said um with with multi family homes you're faced with a lot more uh, variables that could pop up so. Mm -hmm. Uh, things I usually point out to clients is, you know, you have two units or three units. That's three different tenants, three different uh, rent collections, three different uh, amounts of issues that could pop up, meaning, you know, fridge, stove, whatever it is. You're also faced with um, uh, basements flooding, which happens, uh, roofs, uh, roofs leaking, which does happen. Uh, you have to be on top of a lot more. So there's a lot more that goes on with multi uh, multifamily homes or single family homes that are converted into multifamily homes. Compared to a condo, it's much cleaner um, especially if it's a newer condo, it's just, it's easy. It's, it's more cookie cutter. There's, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 units that look just like that in the same building. Um, locations are a little bit different. Typically, you know, downtown Toronto has a lot of condos finding single family homes is a little bit more difficult. So there's a, there's a lot to it. And I think, uh, it definitely lines up. Uh, and then the natural progression of things, a lot of people stop at that point because, uh, the growth the, the projected growth of owning a handful of condos, depending on what, ha I mean, it's all, it's all situational, but you kind of get capped and you can correct me if, you know. That is very true, yes. You do typically get capped um, because most lenders will only lend you up to a certain amount of properties. Um, so, for example, uh, most banks will lend you up to uh, five properties or eight properties. Um, so, if you're buying all condos, uh, it does restrict you to that many doors. One thing about condos people really like, though, is it's turnkey. Um, whereas if you buy a single-family uh, home and convert it to a multi-dwelling, they're never turnkey. You're, you're, you're going to be putting in, you know, minimum 50000 some 100000 I, I I'm, I'm in a project right now for about $120,000 uh, for, for, for a, a, a new project that I'm, I'm working on. So it's, it's a progression, like you said. Um, condos are, are very good starters. Um, if you have like two or three condos, great starters, but eventually you do want to convert those into, or my opinion is start to transition them, transition your portfolio from condos to uh, multi-dwelling uh, properties. Yeah. It, it, like you said, it's exactly, it's what, what you're looking for, right? Some people exactly. are the two, three condos, fine, less yeah. headaches. You know, are you going to be cash flowing positive on them? I don't know. <laughs> you know, nowadays, if you buy one, you know, no, you won't, yeah. you won't be, it's really hard to cash flow with yeah. the condo in, in the GTA. Um, but you know, you maybe you, you sleep better at night, right? 
Um, less headaches. That's that's, less headaches. that's one thing. Less the turnkey, yeah, turnkey option is, is great for a lot of people. Yeah, and then when, when people, you know, when my clients buy a, a freehold property that's turnkey, I'm using quotations here, yeah. turnkey. For me, what turnkey freehold is, is like anything less than ten fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 worth of renos, which is, that's usually the bare minimum. That's Even right, if you're yeah. buying a house that's just built, whatever, there usually you have to do a couple things yeah. here and there that, that add up. So I, I personally would never buy a turnkey multi. I would always want to, look for the investment side um the value add. value add yeah. um in the banking world you know whenever you buy a property you want to be able to add a lot of value mm -hmm. to be able to extract the equity from the property uh on its on an earlier time frame if you buy a turnkey you're going to pay a premium let's say if you buy a, a 1.2 million dollar turnkey uh typically if you can find one for like a million dollars or 950 and spend the 150k you now have added an extra uh, fifty to a hundred thousand dollars of equity on the property, which you can also, you know, uh, accelerate your future plans in also owning more properties. It's, 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 uh, Those are the Burr method. Then, yes, right? that's a Burr method. So, yeah. so our uh, one of my methods that I do use that it's great that you brought it up um, is that the Burr method. So I do buy properties, I invest a lot of money in it, build the laneways, some of them, um, and then convert them into equity. So taking out the equity and then reusing that equity to purchase another property, build another laneway, no. add a lot of value, um, added value, extract equity. Create that snowball effect. Exactly, the snowball effect. It starts slow, starts the little snowball. It's always going to start slow, yeah. So, But after when you get to your second or third property, um, you'll start to see the, the, the chain uh, effect and the shorter time frame you're able to get into the next project. It actually accelerates as you as you uh, keep building so it, that's all that's all good I, when, when we talk about this stuff i mean it's easy to see how the snowball starts going when with that initial investment and uh let me know if this is something that you want to touch on now but um nowadays with prices are you know what they are they're a lot higher than they've been on average in the last 20 years of course but you know in the last year they've dropped about 20 percent um but qualification is a lot harder nowadays. Is there any advice you would give anybody, you know, on your personal opinion on people who are saving for their first? Maybe it's a young couple, uh, because I know I know there are people in that scenario. Okay, when the when the snowball gets rolling, and like you said, you're pulling equity out of one property, you're pulling out of the other, you're building a laneway house. You're that like that's you're you're in the game, right? You're in the game. How do you get your foot in the game? Is there any advice you would have for that? My recommendation is. In the beginning, if you want to minimize your risk, partner up with someone. I partnered up with my brother on the first purchase. Mm -hmm. Helps out, help you. It's you spread the risk. It gets your it gets your foot in the door, and it allows you to now get into the rental uh, or the property game. Uh, is is my biggest thing. Is it, you don't need to do it on your own. There's always you know mm -hmm. you can always find a friend that you would want to partner with your brother, your sister. Uh, um, you don't need to do it on your own, you know, after the fact, after you've got your experience, if you want to go on your own, cause you, you've built that, uh, uh, substantial nest egg where you mm -hmm. can invest on your own, go ahead. But if you want to start, you don't need to wait, you know, yeah, yeah. E even if you have 30,000, 20,000, 40,000 partner up with a friend, uh, look for uh, certain mortgage products like high ratio mortgage products that will also be able to allow you to buy that rental property, uh, and then start from there. So y you don't have to be, you don't have to wait. Like, if you if you can, ask around. You know, get a friend involved. Call a friend. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Figure it out. Yeah, figure yeah. it out. Call a friend. Figure it out. You know, or reach out to you guys. You know, and uh, yeah. 
That's a lot of purchases that happen that way where yeah. I, I know my first purchase, I wasn't like shopping in the market and I didn't have everything lined up. It was just talking to the right people and then a deal sort of fell in and I was like, how could I work this backwards instead of me preparing for everything, which is the normal way of doing things. And I still advise most people to be prepared. Obviously, well, you have to be prepared to a certain point, a certain point, but yes. You could work back deals where you're like, and this is since I'm in the industry and since you're in the industry, it's easier for us to work back. And yeah. me saying this right now, I understand yeah. how much easier it is. But uh, having those conversations and gaining the knowledge, I, I think beforehand for people just coming in, that's the biggest asset you can bring because you probably don't have the funds to, yeah. to start. So learning as much as you can. Uh, YouTube, I, from, I love YouTube. I think YouTube is a great way of, of gaining as much, you know, soaking in knowledge. Yes in an entertaining way but there's a lot of books podcasts there's so many things you can listen to to kind of get yourself a step above most people and your brain will start working in different ways where you're like okay if i have you know my my cousin has it has the, uh, this job and i know we were talking about this and maybe if we get together we can get a condo and get ourselves you know the start small start it just small. start small condo start, is yeah. the best way to start that's what a lot of people do want to start from but start from condo partner with two friends one friend yeah. rent it out you know, build some equity there uh, and then learn the market and then convert from there. If the condo takes a year or two to appreciate, that's year or two that, you know, you've learned the market, appreciate, yeah. take some equity out or even sell it uh, and then invest into the next property and just keep building your, your, you can't just stand still, right? You can't just stand on the sideline and wait for the opportunity. Opportunity doesn't come knocking. You have to go and go out there create and your own create your own opportunity yeah. and, and by talking to friends, connecting, uh, going on YouTube, podcast, you know, podcasts. Those are great ways. That's Watch, how I learned. Watching us. Watching, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, the Burr method, I've, I've learned that from YouTube um, a couple years back when I when I started looking about real estate investment. And then I saw this Burr method. I was like, oh, wow, this is actually a very, very interesting method of, of growing your uh, um, uh, portfolio. And that's where I, you know, implemented that Burr method with uh, rental properties, with laneways, and how to just incorporate all of it together and making everything work. And but it takes time. It does take a little bit, but you do have to go out and, and take that first step. For sure. I, in this current market, um, so if you go back like three, four years, the Burr method was uh, quite popular yes. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even in Toronto, people didn't believe it as much. I, I had a lot of conversation with people like, oh, you can't cash flow in Toronto. Well, we've already, we've already dispelled that myth. You can. You can you know, break even. You can cash flow depending on the property, depending on the amount of risk you take. Are you, are you buying the property that needs $200,000 worth of renos? Because if you are, a good chance that you can pull out that money. That's right, yeah. And all that. In this market right now, so last year, I think, uh, from the high in January and March of, of prices, it's come down to about 20, 20, 23, 25% or in that range from the peak. Uh, that happened in around... August, I'm, I'm giving rough timelines here. Uh, and since then, it's practically stalled, stayed at the same amount, which is uh, quite a, a positive thing. Um, now, in, in this type of market where we're not seeing the average, which is around, I believe, 8%, 7 to 8% yearly appreciation of uh, homes in Toronto, the Burr method is a lot more difficult. It mm-hmm. takes the biggest project on the market uh, constantly. Whereas if you go back two years, you know, there was like 20% of the properties that the Burr method would work. It's still not every property. You can't do the Burr method with every property. If you're buying blindly, it's not going to really work out. You need to buy it for a good price. You need to know how much the renovation cost is going to be, and you need to have a rough idea of some comparables in the area that 
you can compare it to once the project's done so that you can pull up the equity. In this market, with the burst strategy being a little bit more scarce, um, what, what would you say is a good way of kind of going about that? So in, in terms of using the Burr method, that's where I incorporate the Laneway. Um, <clears throat> so originally when I bought the property or bought uh, a property, uh, I was looking at the Burr method, how to um, increase value by renovating the units, add value. And I realized that the last two years have been very difficult because there's only so much you can do to increase and the values have pretty much peaked off in the last year or so. And then when I found out about the Laneway, I was like, wow, this can cost me, let's say, X amount of dollars to build. But it, in terms of the bank size, it would be worth, let's say, you know, 50% more on what I uh, expensed. Yeah. And that's a Burr method. Essentially, when I looked at that, well, this is a Burr method because you're buying a, mm -hmm. you, you are kind of putting two different uh, uh, formulas together, but it is still the same thing. You're buying a property. You're not renovating the main house. So you maybe do a little bit of, uh, you know, sprucing up. But you're still renovating the property. You're just building a laneway house to build that equity. And that's where the, I think, next phase of our uh, rental property is in this, this area. And, and uh, uh, a lot of properties are, are available to do this. And this is a great ad and a very low risk, I would say, as long as you partner up with the right people. But it is a very low risk, but very, very high return on your investment. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult to to build one especially for people who have no uh no idea really what what's going on what it takes to build a home laneway, a laneway house is just a, a mini home that's right yeah. right what you, you have everything you, you have everything everything's whatever in the big house you, you have minus all typically a basement yes uh, you can do basements in, in laneway house but uh i think well, financially doesn't make any sense yeah. um because typical basement you're going to add building costs around eighty ninety thousand dollars um the return on the investment side is not great enough yeah. to spend that money to to do that. And then also when you build the basement, you still have to go back and furnish it. So that means you gotta, you know, insulate it, re-drywall it, you know, because when you typically build a basement, it's just a concrete shell, right? Yeah, so and then exactly. they build the house on top, and that's gonna cost you eighty thousand dollars to just build just that shell. Shell plus everything plus else. Plus everything else. And the return on investment is not as it's great. It's a little bit tougher. Yeah. So basements you don't really see as much. Yeah. Um I've seen maybe one or two. I've seen one, um, um, but that was a the home. It was a, a homeowner that lived at the yeah, property, exactly, and he wanted to really increase a lot of space. Um, mm. So that's why he built a, a basement on the laneway. Uh, but in terms of an investor like me, I would never spend that money. Like I wouldn't, uh, you know. Every time I'm doing something, I'm always looking at what's my return on it. Doesn't make sense. Um, uh, if if the return is not a yeah, you know, yeah. one point two to one point five back. You know, there's really it's no tough. Point. It's tough, yeah. It's it's not worth because you can divert that money somewhere else and and invest in a different uh, a project. So uh, I guess quickly, I mean, without getting into too many details, if you guys do want more details, uh, you know, feel free to reach out to us and we can connect you to the right people. And uh, uh, if you're interested in learning about laneway houses, uh, this is a conversation that we can have. Um, you know, not during the podcast at another time, but um, with your experience in laneway houses, I mean, at this time you are one of the more experienced people, uh, not non-corporation, just people uh, in, in the city. A, per, uh, a single person venture. single person venture, yeah. And there are, there are a few corporations that are specializing in this uh, right now. Not, not that many. It's still a new... It's a hand, I think it's about a handful it's right about now. A handful, yeah, a handful yeah, yeah, that do it relatively well. Uh, there's probably others that, you know, 
dabbling in it as well. But um, the, the toughest barrier to entry, well, minus the, the funding part, that's probably number one. You need that fund. You can't, if you're, this is the first project that you're ever doing and you've saved up for a down payment, you're not going to be looking to build a laneway house anytime No, no, soon. yeah. So yeah it's the laneways, it's a future project yeah. after you've had your investments. You've oh, gone five, through. Five, ten a, years. Yeah, yeah. Gone through the investments, made your money, build a couple of capital. Um, and then now you have like, you know, a couple of rental properties that you realize that, wait, there's a, a land in the back that I can turn it into a garden suite or a laneway and you have saved up the capital or have equity in the properties where you can extract the equity, then you're going to be looking at this type of project. If you're not, you know, it's, it's, it's not a right away where you don't have any no. investment yeah, properties yeah. and you want to go in a laneway. It's not going to work. That's, no. that's unless you're sitting yeah. on the law. Unless yeah. you have, you know, yeah. mil- if you're a millionaire, a couple hundred. Yeah, yeah sure. Couple, yeah. Then you can do it. But for the average person, yeah. average, yeah. The average real estate investor, because yes. the average real estate investor is not the average person. That's right. Um, yeah. That's the way to go. We, we said that you were kind of like the one man team, but, it's not really true. No, it's not. Yeah. So I do have, you know, my very trusted contractors that I work with. Um, I have my own architect here that I deal with, engineers um, that I've built over time, uh, that I've used multiple times, and we have a really good relationship. And, uh, it, you know, they're, they're there to help me. Uh, if I have questions, I ask them. Uh, and everybody's have put their input. And I've learned a lot from them as well, vice versa. Uh, and to help well, me. Well, it's, it's a full-time job. I know it is. right before here, you, <laughs> I was you uh, texted me, oh, I'm <laughs> at Home Depot, I'm picking up things. Yeah, and picking I'm up supplies, picking so up some uh, duct work that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm putting in at another rental property that I'm uh, renovating right now as well too. So Yeah, so yeah. there's a lot going on. It, it is difficult, especially if you don't have that knowledge. If you're not in the industry and and you don't have that, that full team, it's really, really difficult to just be like, I'm going to build one. Let me just call the plumber I know. Like, yeah. it's it doesn't, not start, yeah. doesn't work like that. You need a team. So, yeah. Would that be kind of your, I mean, overall advice to somebody who's, let's say somebody is sitting on a couple right now and they're going, okay, you know, my, my one property does have a laneway house. Mm-hmm. I just refinanced. I do have the fund sitting there. Maybe this is something I'm looking into. What would be like the first step that, that you would consider? There, there are many companies out there that you can reach out to um, that uh, does, does have the experience in building laneways. Mm-hmm. Um, you would want to reach out to one of those first, get some consultation. Um, uh, because there are a lot of uh, zoning by zonings bylaws, uh, not as easy as it permits that you need yeah. to look. Um, just because you have the space in the backyard doesn't mean that you can still build. Um, there's a lot of uh, things we have to look for: obstructions, grading. Uh, there's a ton of things that you do have to look at uh, on the typical backyard. Uh, even the width of the backyard makes a big difference. Um, the setback of your house, you know, there's a ton of things that you have to. Uh, learn over time before you can jump in. And, and it's good to have that partner, that experienced partner, uh, a, either a company that can help you or uh, a friend, <laughs> you know, a friend that can help you. Call a friend, you know, yeah. say, call yeah. a friend out. Um, but yeah, they're, those are the ones that you want to be partnering up with uh, that can help you uh, avoid some of the landmines, you know, because there are a lot of things that do pop up from my own experience building. For sure. Uh, typically, there's, you know, there's one thing that comes up uh, every t- couple of weeks, you know, that just comes up that, you know, for example, the drawings are wrong, you know, uh, you know, they're, they, they didn't factor in certain uh, areas of the, of the build that should have factored um, extra space or bulkheads, you know. Um, so partnering with someone that actually has the experience that can visually understand the drawings, understanding how we can, position your laneway and understand where everything should go and shouldn't go 
will make your life a lot easier and it's going to cost it's going to save you a lot of money because if sure. you have to go back and redo some of the stuff you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars anytime when you make any changes so. yeah no that's that's really good advice um it, it seems like a project that would have people left not knowing what to, not, like it, it seems like a project that you don't even know what the starting position is especially yeah. doing it on your own it's kind of one of those things where you're like this is a great idea but now all of a sudden i'm a developer Right. It's, it's like it's a big step this is a full-time job right so um i think yeah i think you're absolutely right getting the right team contacting them and uh and and, and sort of taking it step by step yes. that's that's probably the best way to go that kind of leads us into maybe the last thing we'll talk about um is what is your personal outlook on where things are right now i mean you kind of mentioned you know what you're putting most of your energy in yes. we were just talking about it for a little bit but what, what do you think, where do you think we're, we're at right now? Uh, in terms of the market wise, um, I always hear people say, you know what, it's not the right time to buy. It's the right time to buy. I never have looked at that. Um, it's always a good time to buy. It's, it's all about just your own uh, criteria that you've set. Anytime, uh, if there's a property right now that fits my criteria, I'm going to be 100% gung-ho and figuring out my finances, trying to borrow the money, uh, you know, equities or, or whatever I can and pull out and make that purchase because there's never a good time than the present to make that purchase. Uh, if you're going to time the market, you'll never get into the market. You're going to lose out on the market and the market's going to be long gone before you even uh, got to, uh, have invested into your first property. So it's the saying time in the market, not timing the market. Uh, that, yeah, something, something like that. that. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, just always uh, just look up for the right properties. It, there's always a good property out there. Um, partner up with a great realtor they'll know over here there's one <laughs> one right here that you can reach out to uh, they'll they'll be able to help you find the property that fits within your criteria and you got to jump uh, jump at it just uh, you can't time it there there's no way if, if everybody can time the market we'd be all rich uh, and that would be nice <laughs> that'd be very nice but that never happens you know even the smartest people in the world can't time the market so uh, i always recommend if you're ready to do it or if you want to take the first step reach out to a realtor Speak to them. If you need to find a partner to pull some funds, call a friend. Um, but uh, making that decision and taking that first step is very, very important. And you should take it on the spot, not three months, six months down the road. I'm, I'm trying to look for a buy another place right now, actually. So <laughs> I just went, I, I actually went with Simon to uh, go view uh, uh, three other places um, just to see where the market is and, and what type of properties out there. You're continuously looking. I'm always, al always, always, yeah. Yeah. always looking for, for that, you know, that uh, diamond in the rough is what they say, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's tougher these days. Not a lot on the on the market. Not a lot, but there you is. You can still find there the, is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there always there's always one. You just gotta you just gotta spend the time and, and spend the legwork. You know, some people just say, ah, oh, you know what, I don't want to go out and view properties because you know what, the market's not good. Yep. Or you, no, you have to go out. Call your realtor. Call them every day. Let them do the searches. Yeah. Go view, do viewings if you need. Go four, five, 10, 20. If you need to go view 50 properties to go find the right one, view the 50 properties because you'll find one. And that one is going to be your perfect one. Exactly. And you. I'm, I'm seeing that now, nowadays more than ever. Where before, I would have, and I was talking about this with Simon as well. Um, before, you know, go back a year and a year plus. When we would take clients out, we'd be seeing like eight properties, nine properties. And out of those nine, maybe like four or five were actually workable and like pretty good deals. And that was constantly over, over, you know, every day, every week, 
same thing. Eight, you know, once we narrowed it down a little, maybe it was five. Nowadays, the difference is now it's like three. We're seeing three properties and we yeah. see everyone. And then the next day we see maybe, or in the next few days, we see another three, two. And maybe out of those two, one work. But That's they're right. still there. They're still there. It just yeah. requires a lot more. Mm -hmm. You know, this week alone, I was out with clients, same clients three different times for one and done showings. You know, they dropped everything after work. They're, you know, they work. This is how they're making money. After work, met me at the property. We saw the property because that right there, that time in the market, it was an opportunity and we went. And that's how you do that consistently over weeks, months, you know. You'll find you'll, one. You'll find one that works. And, and uh, at the end of the day, you're going to be better off for it. Okay, so is there anything else you want to end us on? We're just uh, we're just wrapping up here. Um, no, it was great. It's great for uh, thanks for having me yeah. on. Um, very excited. And, uh, hopefully we will can. Will you be uh, back on? I will be back on. Okay. Um, we can time something in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I've got, I got some more things going on right now. So uh, yes. Yeah, so there's another big project uh, in the horizon that we're uh, that I'm working on right now. Um, so Maybe we can talk about that. Yeah. Hopefully time. that gets online soon. And any, then, uh, anywhere uh, we can find you. Uh, like Instagram. Is there any socials, or is it best to? Uh, actually, I actually don't use oh my socials. <laughs> it's a funny thing. I actually don't. So it's uh, you actually caught me off guard with that. <laughs> um, typically, people just uh, find me on on uh, on Google. Okay. Um, so if Google? they need to Google me, uh, if they need a mortgage specialist, you can Google me. Uh, my full name is Kenneth Tang, and uh, you'll see where, where I work for. And uh, you know, if you need some advice uh, on mortgages, you can always reach out to me directly and uh, go from there. Yeah, or just message me, and I'll, oh, yeah. I'll get right. you guys yeah. in <laughs> You can do that. In touch. That's right. All right, thanks, Ken. Thanks. thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. A lot of fun.